0: Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia.
1: This week's episode is going to be on geoscience. We're going to look at the geography of Melbourne, hidden earthquakes, and how new land masses can form. We've also got a new special segment that is focusing on the city of Christchurch. My name's Lachlan. I'm Lauren. I'm Kim.
0: I'm Camille.
2: And
1: I'm Justin.
0: And now we launch into our Launchpad news segment.
3: Lockie, seems to be something on your mind.
1: <laughs> Guys, I can't handle it anymore. No? Yeah. Are you under, under a lot of pressure? I'm, I'm under a lot of pressure now, okay?
0: what kind of pressure are you under? We can help you through this, Lockie.
1: Guys, I can't talk about this. You're, you're tearing me apart. In fact, you're tearing me afar apart. And well- on that note...
3: In the uh, in a region, the Afar region of Ethiopia, the Earth is being torn apart. Well, that sounds pretty dramatic, Tim. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah three tectonic plates just drifting away from each other. They've had like a rift or something. Yeah. They're
3: having a rift. There's there's, a, there's what, what would you call it? You'd call it a schism. There's a schism in the
2: tectonic plates. So there's a rift of continental drift. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> and 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 the band's breaking up, and they're not going to be able to get back together ever. Because they're just going to keep getting further and further apart. If sounds... they
3: do get back together, it'll be like, you know, you get when ba- bands break up and then different members of that band join together and get super banned. If they do get together, it'll be super continent.
1: Ah, but it won't be the same as if they came back before. No,
3: nah, no, nah,
1: they used to have integrity. <laughs> well, okay, this is the story of yeah. Taylor Swift's proportions. <laughs> but what we're actually talking about is, um, so these three technology plates are, are ripping apart, uh, drifting apart, and the mantle is being exposed. This is actually creating new exposed land in Ethiopia.
3: Now, normally this happen, this sort of rifting happens under the oceans in places like in the middle of the Atlantic, the Mid Ocean Ridge. But in, in Africa, what we've got is three plates coming apart over in a, in the middle of a continent. And what they're eventually going to do is make an ocean in the middle of that continent.
2: That would be really cool. Mm.
3: Take a while though. Oh, really hot.
1: <laughs> so. Well, Camille raises a good point. It's going to be really, really hot because in fact, um, it is. so if you got the mantle being exposed, um, you're going to have huge amounts of geothermal energy being being brought. Not to only themselves.
2: that, but like the mantle itself is thousands of degrees,
0: <laughs> like really, really, really hot. You don't want to touch that.
3: And in, in fact, in the Afar region, there is uh, the, um, a town which is the hottest inhabited place on Earth. Temperatures are an average of sixty degrees.
0: Jeez.
3: And that's an average, so it gets much hotter there. But people live there, and people play,
2: people live and work and play there.
0: Does that mean we can go over there and claim the land in the name of the YSA? Well,
2: it's it's already existing land. It, what it means is that Africa is actually expanding mm. and growing.
0: Imagine if Africa took over the world. What the continent? <laughs> the continent. It
2: would be out <laughs> of Africa. And I, and I, hear, oh, okay. I hear it rains there.
1: I hear the rain. <laughs> Should oh. we bless it?
2: <laughs> I kind of miss it. <laughs>
1: You're not down with Totem? I don't know what you're talking about. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're so very lucky. What are you doing with
0: yourself?
1: So what it, we've just its kept...
0: nearer far. It's,
1: it's nearer, nearer far <laughs> wherever you are.
3: Your continent will drift on. So, so what you're saying is that a f- because of this rift, a far is actually getting nearer to everyone else. So wherever
2: you are, you'll far... be nearer far. Yeah.
1: Everyone's <laughs> awful.
2: We're going to kick off with our City of Science segment first, which is a brand new segment where we look at a city in the world and the interesting science that's happening in that city. And to kick off this week, we're looking at the city of Christchurch in New Zealand. It's located on the north part of the South Island, which is a bit confusing, but They've been through a lot of troubles recently, and in case you're not familiar, in 2011, there were a series of devastating earthquakes in Christchurch that killed over 200 people and levelled the entire city. There are parts of the city that are now written off as uninhabitable. It's very challenging to live in an earthquake zone, and it requires a lot of great scientific effort to help redesign the city and keep it safe going into the
1: future. So what's going on there, Lachlan? What's actually happening in Christchurch? So yeah, you guys are all aware that in two thousand and eleven, um, Christchurch suffered a massive earthquake. Um, there was magnitude six point three one and a seven point one one um, that killed about one hundred and eighty five people. And um, so, this is a massive issue that affects a lot of people. It damages a lot of infrastructure. And so, um, the Canterbury Earthquake Recovery Authority is an organisation that came together in response to these earthquakes to actually do some research and find out what you can do to earthquake-proof cities.
0: And so, what can you do to earthquake? proof cities.
3: Earthquake proofing um, buildings and cities is largely a uh, matter of making sure the building can withstand vibrations because unless a earthquake unless the ground literally splits underneath the building, the main problem is that the building will shake and buildings are by and large not designed to shake. And especially with tall buildings, you have uh, active dampening systems such as Type A 101, which you may have seen pictures of, has an enormous uh, yellow ball about 80 80 stories up that uh, moves and counter- counteracts wind and ground vibrations.
1: So basically the building's vibrating one way and then this counterweight sort of vibrates a different yeah. way to stop the vibrations yeah, from happening?
3: it's, it's pulled, by, um, metal, pulled by cables in the opposite direction.
1: To cancel out the vibrations? Yeah. So is that a little bit like um, in physics when you have waves that are interacting with each other to cancel each other yeah. out?
3: Yeah, effectively make, you turn the building into a node.
2: That's really, really interesting. And the other way to do it is basically make a big spring mattress and then have your building sitting atop that and so that when the earthquake comes along the bit the, the Foundations move and the house just stays in the same space because it's just attached to your springs
0: So one of the big tricks they seem to have come up with is finding something else to move instead of your houses
2: Exactly and once once you get rid of that vibration factor Everything else is, a, is much easier to deal with you can reinforce the concrete You can reinforce bricks to make sure that it doesn't fall down on anyone which also is really damaging The really tough part for Christchurch was a lot of its historic buildings that were lost, including the uh, Christchurch Cathedral from the 1800s, which, funnily (laughs) enough, didn't survive too well. So now that they're rebuilding the cathedral, they're building a temporary one for the last about three years out of paper. That is actually designed in an earthquake to concertina.
0: So wait, they've made an origami cathedral?
2: They have, and it's incredible. And then they're building another much larger one, which will also be much more earthquake-proof.
0: How does the paper, like, hold up to, like, water and stuff?
2: Well, we can treat paper and cardboard so that it's hydrophobic and water-resistant.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, they can just throw a tarp over it. No.
3: Yeah. It's yeah. the snow-loading
2: you've got to worry about.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, as far as earthquake roofing goes, many modern buildings are built in with these various systems including uh, in here in Melbourne We have the Eureka Tower the tallest, tallest building in the southern hemisphere, I believe the uh, fire sprinkler system is um, supplied by an enormous tank, which is about 70 stories up and that tank is split into two parts and in case of vibrations whether they be wind or ground vibrations they can pump water from one tank to the other to shift uh, shift the weight around and counteract them.
0: So we can come up with lots of stuff for like new modern buildings to make them earthquake-proof. What about all our older ones? I mean, that was one of the major problems with Christchurch. They lost a lot of their old historic buildings. Can we do anything to save them?
1: I think it's a lot harder because you can't dig up the foundations, obviously, without completely deconstructing and reconstructing a building. So I guess that's when the active systems can come into place where if they're very old buildings, you can... Yeah, you can install systems. To help improve. And that's (laughs)
2: one of the really challenging parts as well, is if you add reinforcement to a building, it can actually make it stiffer. And stiffness is really what you want to avoid, because it means you're less flexible and go with the flow even less. So realistically, you want your house made out of jelly. Mm. And then you'd be earthquake-proof. And also never lacking for uh, when you have a sugar craving. That's exactly right. Just, Just lick the walls. So, if you're listening from the from the uh, the Canterbury Re- uh, Earthquake Authority, look into jelly houses because <laughs> we think we're onto something here.
1: So, staying in New Zealand, um, there's been some new research about silent earthquakes, sneaky earthquakes.
2: Yes. Earthquakes they like, didn't want you to know about.
1: <laughs> yes, the idea of the ninja assassin earthquake. Some seismologists in New Zealand have been checking out the seismographs and they realised, hey, there aren't big spikes in, in, in our readings, but if we actually check over like a number of days or another weeks or a number of years, if you count up all these tiny little increases in energy, that actually adds up to one big earthquake. And that is where the idea of silent earthquakes comes from.
3: So it's an earthquake that instead of... Exploding in one big shift instead the plates are moving across each other incredibly slowly How the uh, size of the earthquake though is still um, enormous. It's a seven uh, Seven on the Richter scale earthquake, but it's been going over. It's been going since January.
1: So you've got huge um, sort of applications of energy just over a long, long period of time, so you can still notice things shifting. They just take ages to actually do anything.
3: These are remarkably common, but they're tricky to look for because they're not not big spikes, as you said. In, there's one of these, in fact, in San Andreas, um, and it's been and it, it's been going for years, and it's still going.
0: So this hasn't just been occurring in New Zealand, but it's actually occurring over the world, everywhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's very common. Where there are major fault lines, yeah, those things happen. What well, my question is, is um, we've got a huge amount of energy being expended over an area. Could you harness that in any way? Can you harness the power of tectonic plates? We do already.
2: Um, one of the ways we harness the power of tectonic plates <laughs> is actually use them in geothermal power. Because all of that movement and friction and tension is generally released in heat in the ground. That's why New Zealand is a hotbed, literally, for geothermal power. Not only is their crust particularly thin in some areas, so they get a lot of magma heat, they also have a lot of energy actually in the ground as well from all the friction along the the plate line. So that that generally comes out in heat because how else is, you know, how else does things store energy? And mostly in heat.
0: So would these silent um, earthquakes actually be more beneficial for them to get the energy out of than, for example, like a massive just earthquake occurring for only a few seconds?
2: And that's really interesting because silent earthquakes are a slow steady release of energy and that's really good if you're a building because you can deal with that <laughs> as we were talking about before, big shocks and vibrations are really hard to deal with and so sudden, sudden earthquakes are really terrible and that's where we get a lot of damage the slow moving ones, silent earthquakes while still releasing a lot of energy are a lot more safer for humankind and they're not going to knock over your building they're just gonna, you're just going to wake up one morning and realise that your house is 5 metres to the left And so if if you're worried about your pipes, you might notice that a lot of pipes are bursting because they're slowly, slowly creeping and bending, but that's probably about it. I've
1: been going undercover. Undercover. Undergrounding. How deep undercover? About 60 kilometres. That's really deep. And you know what else? Being this deep undercover, I've been under a lot of pressure. (laughs) How much pressure?
3: Have you been feeling the heat
1: yeah. So <laughs> puns aside, there <laughs> there is a reason for this disgusting sequitur, and that is that they've discovered a huge super volcano under the ocean, sixty kilometers under the ocean. I don't
3: think it's a super volcano. Oh. I think it's a it's a super hot spot. Oh, okay.
2: Which is similar
1: to a volcano. When yeah. we
2: have volcanoes, like before they burst through the crust, we actually have underneath in the uh, mantle the yeah. hot spots, which are basically wearing like when underneath. The crust. You've got the mantle underneath that, and then it's where it's thin. Yeah, and where it it gets really hot, and it thins out
1: the crust, and then bursts through. Yeah, that's when we have a volcano. So they found a volcano egg, basically. (laughs) Okay, you're not wrong. Awesome. (laughs) Um, but the really interesting way, the the really interesting thing about the story is the way they discovered it. So they've actually used, um, well, they've used. um... So they've used um, what is
3: a series of electromagnets, and they um, align them up they along a line on the um on the ocean floor and then what they do is they actually run a current through these electromagnets and measure the magnetic resistance of the ground beneath them and the ground where where that ground is hotter there will be less resistance and so what they're able to do is they're able to use this to map down to looks at, um, to 140 kilometers and shown that there is an enormous hotspot directly
2: under this island chain. Board. And that's really cool because they're treating the earth like a massive circuit and measuring it like you would a resistor in your elect in your circuit boards. And so what
3: they've done is they've looked at where the what there isn't there is already an island chain and they've been able to look at they they can find exactly where the hotspot that makes that island island chain is.
1: So does that mean it's like a sonogram for for, for baby for, volcanoes? Yes. That's really, really cool. Yeah or really hot, but still.
0: (laughs) This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point.
1: This week's episode is going to be on geoscience. We're going to look at the geography of Melbourne, hidden earthquakes, and how new landmasses can form. We've also got a new special segment that is focusing on the city of Christchurch.
0: Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.